0: Welcome to The Last Resort, the last place you'd look for legitimate sports opinions. I am your host, Spencer Harris, and I am joined, as always, by my main man, Philly Brandon. Brandon, what's happening, brother?
1: I want to jump right to this very next topic we're talking about, because what, I want to talk about some food briefly, and I'm reading the docket, and you guys made the viral feta pasta? Yes, we did. You caved? So it's funny, I had a friend, I'm in
0: a group chat with four of my closest buddies from college, and one of the kids made it a few weeks ago with his girlfriend. And my girlfriend's been saying she wanted to make it forever. I'm not a big lover of feta. So let's start there. I'm 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 a huge cheese guy, but feta's not one of my favorites. So she talked me into it. She's like, it's gonna be good, it's gonna melt. You you like it melted, whatever. Like, like she knows what I like. And um, and I had it. We we made it with steak and some the rigatoni was the pasta. It was pretty good, I got to say. I was impressed. You you put some tomatoes in there, so some grape tomatoes get roasted. Uh, I think we went a little heavy on the feta, so it was pretty creamy, but it was solid. Do I want it again in the next two months? Probably not. But would I eat it again if someone served it to me? Absolutely.
1: Now, I think you guys did yourself a service by throwing all the meat in there to spice it up. Um, my roommates and I made it here. And it was it was like the most okay thing I think I've eaten. It was yeah. like the food equivalent of a room with no windows. Like it was just okay. Um, I don't get all the hype. Now, I didn't try it with steak. I gave up red meat. Um, well, for Lent. well,
0: that sucks, by the way. I had the Wrong. steak separately. Okay. It wasn't like tied in. It was literally just a piece of steak. And the way Victoria cooks it, she puts garlic and uh butter and today it was basil on the steak so like mm. i, I love that kind of steak but um yeah i didn't we didn't have meat with the pasta it was just next to it
1: okay and then you guys are in an apartment so are we talking Are we searing the steak are we doing like stovetop steak here or? oh yeah yep. okay
0: yeah not not on the grill
1: but there is, mean, a com- there is a community grill outside so technically we can do that you could stovetop's close enough though we don't really have to go out and get cold um yeah, so, I mean, you, you thought it
0: was okay. I'm sort of with you on that. Um, any other food-related news before we move on to uh, sports?
1: I don't think so. I'm on pretty much a straight chicken diet for the next 40 days. So I'll be – I think when in the, at, at the end of this thing, I think we should just do, like, an episode on food so I can just purge me thinking about red meat because it's, it's been rough.
0: Maybe we should mix in the food in the 420 episode that we have planned.
1: That, that could get dangerous, but I'm here for it. Um. Before we go on to sports real
0: fast I just want to tease the listeners Brandon and I are in the midst of joining a podcast network we're not going to say who it is yet until everything's finalized but TLR is moving up in the world finally we're starting to get recognized from from some podcast networks and hopefully you know barring any crazy changes we will soon be part of a podcast network you excited Brandon?
1: Yes, the the days of going rogue have uh, have come to an end.
0: Listen, you got to get tied down at some point. We we've been single for for about a year and a half, two years since the inception of the podcast, and uh, it's time for us to tie the knot.
1: Yeah, we're time to delete Tinder. Stop going to the bar. It's it's wine nights. We're we're
0: the last single person in the group. It's three a.m. and the bar is closing. All right, let's get into some sports, and we're going to start with a fun fact. T.J. McConnell has nine steals for the Indiana Pacers
1: at halftime, Brandon. All-time hustle guy. I, I'm not even remotely surprised.
0: Yeah, now he's the definition of an all-time hustle guy. Um, I'm trying to think, like, who else plays like him? You know, it's funny. Him and Patrick Beverly have very similar type games. I think... Whereas McConnell's more of a game manager. And I think he's probably better with the ball. Beverly's a little bit better on defense, but those point guards who really aren't scorers who focus on passing, controlling the game and pride themselves on defense. I don't want to take away from McConnell. The man has nine steals at half. um, They're few and, and rare in the NBA. So when you see someone like that, I just, I love giving guys like that, their praise, especially when they're not the best scorers in the league.
1: Yeah, and he was always somebody who did just enough. I mean, he came in. He had to fight for a spot on the process squad. Like, he was really at the basement in the NBA. Um, but then over, after a while, I mean, you know, he was running the first team. Then he had that little, like, where he runs around in the circle four or five times. hits that little turnaround. Like, he has a couple of moves that work a few times a game, which is enough to hang around. And he's a good game manager. He's pretty solid with the ball. He's good on defense. He'll always have a job. I just don't think he'll start for a winning team. He is a pest. He is someone that you hate to play pickup against.
0: If you're going to be lackadaisical with a ball, he's going to take it from you. Um, he's going to do the little things to help his team win. I, I, listen, I, I'm a Nets guy. Obviously, my team is loaded
1: right now, but I would love McConnell as a backup point guard in any situation. With the way TLC has been playing, I know they play different positions, but that's a roster spot that could be better used on a guy like TJ McConnell.
0: All right, speaking of the Nets, it is actually halftime in the Houston Rockets game. As expected, the Nets are up 67 to 54. Harden's playing very well. Uh, he's got 14 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds. We're not going to talk about the game as much by the time you're listening to this, the Nets will have probably beaten the pants off of the Rockets. But I guess my question to you Brandon is, you know, a lot of a lot of hoopla on sports center leading up to this game. James Harden spent a long time in Houston. How will you personally remember James Harden's tenure
1: with the Rockets? I mean, James Harden's a talented basketball player. He was talented in Oklahoma City, became a superstar in Houston. Um, and I think he'll have as good of a career in New in New York than he will in Houston. Um, so it feels weird to look back on it, since we're very much in the middle of James Harden's career. Um, I know they kind of talked about retiring his jersey I'm a little torn on that one, to be honest. Um, I think that's reserved for guys who have won something in that city or brought some kind of accolade to that city. Not that he doesn't deserve it talent-wise, but I think, I think we're just getting too loose with these things now. Like, I see this guy's getting the jersey retired. This some people who have two. Um, first battle Hall of Famer gets thrown around an awful lot. I think we got to pump the brakes on the accolades. I'm okay with his jersey being retired,
0: and here's why. When you think of the greatest Rockets of all time, he is right up there, especially in the last 30 years. You think of Hakeem Olajuwon, you think of Yao Ming, and you think of James Harden. You can throw Steve Francis, Clyde Drexler in there. I don't think that those guys would would be close to the Hakeem and Yao and James Harden kind of status that they had with the team. So that's the good, and, and I think that Houston has not seen someone like Harden dominate since those two players, Hakeem and Yao. Now the bad... I will always remember James Harden's tenure in Houston as him being a top five player in the NBA on the second or third best team in the Western Conference that could never win the big game. They just couldn't. Harden can go to the Brooklyn Nets. He can win two championships in a row, but that wouldn't change the fact that he could never win as the guy in Houston Especially that year when Golden State was banged up, KD was injured, and Houston was up three games to two on the Warriors, headed
1: into game six. That, and that's part of, my, part of my issue, I guess, is that there's so many other sour moments or moments you can look to where like maybe he fell short, um, that I think some of those guys who are in the rafters who had those judges retired, you don't have those same instances um it might just be the way it ended too it ended very sourly for someone who's going to be um remembered forever in houston so that's kind of i mean i'm not against
0: it. i I think that that whole it ended sour thing is just blown out of proportion the guy played his heart out for however many years seven or eight years a lot of this shit happens with superstars man whereas it it ends sour the difference is we don't see it I can speak from experience with Jason Kidd in the Nets in 07. He was done with the New Jersey Nets. He's like, I gave you guys five, six years. I'm finished. I want to move on. I want to win a championship. You know, it was great playing here, but bye-bye. And I don't think that fans saw that. I don't think he had some press conference saying, hey, we're just not good enough. But that kind of shit happens all the time. Should Harden have said what he said on his way out? Probably not. But I don't think that that one instance or or, you know, first few games into this season should really define his career in Houston. It's a little recency biased, but at the end of the day, this guy was the Rockets franchise for the last decade. And because he was a dick for
1: a few weeks in the beginning of the season, I don't think that changes anything. I don't think it's not the craziest thing ever to put his jersey up there. I mean, I'm not saying the Rockets have done some stupid stuff. I mean, one of them is letting James Harden walk out the door, um, but it's not on that level at all. I mean, they didn't build the team he needed. But at the same time, it's just they had these talented teams that that, that always fell apart in the playoffs. Not that it was entirely his fault, but early in his career, he played a role. His defense became suspect. His scoring dipped off during the playoffs. Um, So just these moments where his numbers absolutely up there with Houston, greats. The Rockets' notoriety in the last 10 years, as high as it's ever been. But when it got important towards the end, especially in the playoffs, he didn't have that um, best-in-franchise history kind of game. He just he, he hasn't. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. But on the same token, I don't think that
0: the bar for getting your jersey retired has to be winning a championship. And everything you said before that part where yeah. you said he doesn't win, the it, it matters. It really matters. So enough about Harden. Let's I talk think the about, city matters,
1: too. Yeah, oh yeah. LA LA, Boston, Philly, uh, the Knicks probably like established franchises. It's it, it's a rain get up there. Houston, maybe less so.
0: Listen, nobody loved the city of Houston and its strip clubs more than James Harden. And for that alone, he should get his jersey retired. He should be in those rafters. That's a good point. You go to a you go to a strip club in Houston, they <laughs> just have a Harden jersey hanging out.
1: You can sit in um, the James Harden section. That's a good point.
0: All right, enough Harden talk. I want to get to this Brooklyn Nets squad, Brandon. They've won nine of their last 10 games. Steve Nash was just awarded Coach of the Month. James Harden was just awarded Player of the Month and has literally put himself in the MVP uh, conversation. Are you impressed with what the Nets have done in the last month of this NBA season?
1: Yeah, um, as the team narrowly edging them out at one, it leaves us with no room to breathe, essentially. Um, we've gotten fortunate. A few games that you have lost, we've lost on those same nights, but that luck is going to run out eventually. Um, it almost forces those two teams at to the top to be perfect. Uh, like You know the Nets are going to win night in and night out. The Sixers have seemed to win night in and night out. Um, but you can definitely feel Brooklyn just sitting right there. And I think once you guys get the number one spot, I'm not real confident in our ability to get it back.
0: I think that you guys peaked so early in the season. I don't think that anyone saw you guys just taking control of the East. And it's one of those things where I don't think you guys are a bad basketball team. I don't think you guys are the one seed in the East. You're in a close game with Utah right now. If you were to lose and the Nets were to win tonight, I think we would be a half game up,
1: Correct. Um, yeah, without seeing our season split right now, you're a half game back. Okay. Um, So at worst, we'd be tied for one. So
0: let's get into that. You guys, you just mentioned it. You're a half game up. How nervous
1: are you eventually when you have to face this Nets team in the playoffs? Well, that's kind of what I'm saying is that, well, in the playoffs is um, down the road. I'll I'll get to that, though. I think that. If we don't find whatever magic we had early on and the Nets do overtake us for the one seed, I don't see this current sector's team, the way they're currently playing, closing that gap again. So that's one thing to live with. Um, and I think we need that one seed in the playoffs. I don't want to have to see you guys until it is absolutely necessary because I think there's a big talent gap in the East. Um, we're, those two teams at the top, I think, talent-wise, are the strongest. Boston is not the team they used to be. Um, New York is a fun story, but that's, it's a fun story. That's really all. All right,
0: is. enough with the Knicks fans celebrating because you guys are a game over 535 games into the season. Like, seriously, get it together. You guys are a joke of a franchise. Everyone who is outside of Madison Square Garden celebrating, like you guys just won the championship. Like, seriously, like you guys are pathetic.
1: I mean, they've been awful
0: for so long. Kara, uh, Knicks fans are idiots, Brandon. I'd love to have a Knicks fan on this podcast just to just, just, just destroy him.
1: Uh, you forget your beginnings.
0: <laughs> I No, oh, what beginnings? Well, I mean, my father was a Knicks fan, but I grew up in New Jersey, Brandon. The I Nets really used know. to not be a good basketball team. I, I, I get that. Whoa, hold on. When I was a kid, the Nets went to two finals. I actually went to a finals game against the Spurs. Yes, after the Jay Kidd era, the team had a bit of a, a rough stretch Even when they tried with the Pierce, KG, Joe Johnson, Darren Williams teams, those teams were still S. And after that, there was a good six to seven year gap where they were just an abysmal franchise up until the D-Lo, Kenny Atkinson years. Having said that, we've come a long way. And at least we, I guess, I guess if, if Knicks fans want something to be optimistic about, they are, it looks like they are at those 2016, 2017 Nets teams where they have guys like Julius Randle, RJ Barrett. They're the Kenny Atkinson Nets from a few years ago.
1: Yeah, they're the d Nets. It was d yeah. and just a bunch of guys who were okay at basketball. Yes, Randall's d I guess, in this situation. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I don't take the Knicks super seriously. And the fact that they're sitting there at four, well, to five, me, did They're five? I think they're yeah, four.
0: I think they moved. No, 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 they lost to the Spurs.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll so, take a
0: look at the thing, but yeah.
1: Yeah, so the five teams below them are, I consider, less of a threat even than New York. So I'm worried about you guys pretty much primarily. I don't see Miami pulling it together in a fashion that will catch up to the rest of us. Um, Boston can't guard most of the team. I'm not worried about Boston. So everybody's worried about the Nets. Um, so if I don't see you till the Eastern Conference Finals, I think it's an epic an epic finals matchup. I think it could go six or seven, but I don't want to see you any sooner than that.
0: Standings right now. 76ers uh, are one. The Nets are a game, a half a game back at two. The Bucks are two games behind at three. The Celtics are 18 and 17 at four. The Knicks are 18 and 18 at five. Then you have the Raptors at six, the Heat at seven and the Hornets at eight with three teams in the Pacers, the Bulls and the Hawks right below the Hornets.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know about you. I, I should be more afraid of Milwaukee maybe than I am, but I just don't worry about them that much. I mean, they're not a team that's built – like, you guys are built to attack our weaknesses. Like, we can't score as rapidly as the Nets can score. But the Bucs aren't that kind of a team. I mean, they have Giannis, who's a very limited star, Chris Middleton, who's a – he's a solid scorer, and then Drew Holiday, who's a good point guard. But I'm not worried about any of those three guys combining to put up, you know, 120, 130 at night. We can handle that. I'm worried if we play you – And Kyrie, Harden, and Kevin Durant, Durant, yeah, yeah, are all on on one night. I don't, I don't know if anyone can slow that down. The fact that Kevin
0: Durant hasn't played basketball in basically over a month, and the Nets are nine and one in their last ten, is is frightening for the rest of the league. Um, I'm also not scared of the Bucks. They don't do it for me. Their best player can't hit free throws. He can't hit big time jump shots, and I don't think that teams are just going to let him walk through the lane and dunk to win the game in the playoffs. So I'm not scared of Milwaukee. I'm with you on that. Um, let's get to this Western Conference because in these recent weeks, the Lakers and the Clippers have looked kind of shoddy. Um, the Lakers are now on—they're uh, on a one-game losing streak, but they've lost—they've lost four of their their last ten games. I'm sorry. They are four and six in their last 10 games, and the Clippers are five and five in their last 10 games. The Lakers are third in the West, the Clippers are fourth. Number one is the Utah Jazz at 27 and eight, and number two is the Phoenix Suns at 23 and 11. Number five is the Spurs, six is the Blazers, seven is the Nuggets, and eight is the Warriors. So, Brandon, who is your favorite right now to come out of the West? Is it still LeBron and the Lakers?
1: Okay, I'm going to answer that question, but after that, I want to get into two teams in the West. I'm going to talk about San Antonio because how the hell are they where they are? Shout and out want Jeff. Talk G. about Phoenix because. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think pro- I think provided AD comes back and he comes back healthy, I don't think that changed anything. I think um, those two together went in the playoffs, I don't care what seed they are necessarily. I think they're always going to be good enough to beat the other team, and that includes the Clippers, who for some reason can't seem to get it together. I mean, they have all this talent, but there's always an issue. There's always something missing. Um, so I don't worry about them necessarily. I think Phoenix can give them, can give people a run. I mean, Chris Paul knows the playoffs with the back of his hand. It's all he really does. Uh, Devin Booker's supremely talented. And Aiton is one of the... He, I think he can hang with the top centers in the West. He can hang with Gobert. He can hang with Jokic. He can hang with AD. He's not better than those guys, but he's not going to get embarrassed. Um, so I think the Lakers and the Suns... I'm intrigued to see, but I just love that Phoenix is involved. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting with the Jazz and the Suns at one and two because I don't think anyone thinks that they're going to get out of the West. Um, I'm with you on the Lakers. If they have a healthy AD, they're the team to beat. I don't love the Clippers because I don't think that Paul George is someone who I trust um, in the closing minutes of games. Yeah, Kawhi is, is clutch as hell, and he's, he's a two-time championship winner, but I, I watched Paul George try to beat the Celtics the other night, and it was ugly. He's just not a crunch time player. Um Spurs are a pretender, Blazers are a pretender, Warriors are a pretender. The Nuggets are a team that can make some noise. Right now they're in that seventh spot. But I mean, I, I think they can beat any team in a best of seven series, including the Lakers, uh, especially because they they know how to play them. They lost to them last last year in the playoffs. So I think that I think that the Nuggets are an underrated team and, and Jokic putting up ridiculous numbers. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but I would agree with you. The Lakers with a healthy AD are the team to beat. Yeah, and it
1: depends what Nuggets team you get. Um, if you had asked me this time last year, watching that series between Jazz and Nuggets, I would have thought either one of those teams could realistically win the West. Um, something happened this offseason where the Jazz kind of hit their stride and kept it, and Denver's kind of gone They've gone back a little bit. Um, I don't think they can't find it again. I mean, Jokic is still himself, uh, but some of the other um, role guys who are putting up big numbers uh, just aren't doing it this year. But I'm, I'm with you. I think if there's a late seed team that can challenge some of these guys it's probably them all right and there
0: you have it for the east and the west brandon we got a ton of segments to get to and we're gonna start with a did you see this coming lamello ball probably gonna win rookie of the year this year has looked incredible for the charlotte hornets he currently has them sitting as the eighth seed as i mentioned earlier in the east and he has been so fun to watch with his ridiculous passing and scoring ability he is so much better than Lonzo Ball.
1: Yeah, um, and I got to admit, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. A lot of people did. Um, I think part of it was just there was so much hype around him when he was in high school playing with, you know, just regular guys. He got done pre-cal a couple minutes before. So, of course, he was cooking them. Um, what I undersold was how well his game would transfer to the NBA. Um, playing abroad a little bit definitely helped. But he looks like Luka Doncic ready. Like, he looks league ready as a rookie.
0: I'll tell you why I didn't see this coming. Because all the highlights I ever saw of LaMelo Ball before uh, he played in the, was it the European Basketball League or the Australian Basketball League? Australian. Before that, all his highlights were him in high school shooting every single shot, pulling up from half court, doing these ridiculous things that you don't do in regular basketball games. And I was like, okay, what, he's going to shoot a half-court shot in the NBA? Well, I mean, he's not going to do that. And I did not see these ridiculous spin passes that he pulls off, these fast-break, no-look dimes he throws to Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward. And, and, and he had a pass to Terry Rozier where he bounced it and he spun it in a way that was like there's only two or three people in the league who could make that pass. Um, he is such a good playmaker, and now he's starting to find a shooting stroke. Yeah, like Luka Doncic, except he's quicker.
1: Yeah, um, he's. you can see where – I mean, he and his brother can both see the court and pass incredibly well. Lamelo is just better at every other aspect of basketball. For some reason, he got out of that house without a broken jumper. Um, I don't know who taught Lonzo to shoot, but clearly it wasn't anybody in the home or vice versa. Um but yeah, it was, defi- think- it was definitely the dad. The dad taught Lonzo how to shoot. LaMelo learned from somebody else. Yeah, they paid somebody. They saw how Lonzo's <laughs> shot turned out. and They went, they went out of the house. Um, but I, I think he's the a runaway rookie of the year at this point.
0: Last five games, LaMelo has 21, 20, 22, 24, and 12 assists. And then he had 30 points the other night and eight assists, which is just ridiculous. All right, Brandon, let's get to another segment. It's called All-Star Weekend is Upon Us. So I truly
1: couldn't care any less about yeah, the All-Star that, Game.
0: That's, that's pretty much the question. I don't care about the All-Star Game either. They're going to pick teams later in the week. I actually think that's stupid. I wish it was just East and West like it used to be. Uh, we have the Slam Dunk Competition. Do you know these players in the Slam Dunk Competition outside of Obi Toppin? Cassius Stanley and Anthony Simons.
1: I have heard of Anthony Simmons. I believe I was at a Sixers game when he was playing. I've also heard of Cassius Stanley. and was never seen him play. Why are we forcing this? Just move on. Play the game if you must play the game, but just move the- Robert Coving is in the skills competition. Like, can we just admit this was a failure? See, I, I think it would be funny if they went like all
0: the way, like terrible with it. Like, uh, put JaVal McGee in the skills competition. Actually, they might have done that in the past. But, like, do some crazy stuff. Like, put Joe Harris in the dunk competition. TJ McConnell in the dunk competition. Get, like, you know, I guess Patrick Beverly. Like, get some guys who really can't dunk in the competition. Um, Cassius Stanley went to Duke. I have no idea what NBA team he plays for. Do you? Not a clue. Okay, Obi Toppin's on the Knicks. He's been a bust so far. Even though the Knicks are pretty good. Toppin's been... God awful, but I, see, he's probably going to win it because he's like a 6'9, 6'10 mm. freak. And then Anthony Simons, is he's a, is he the three point guy on the blazers or I is that see again, I like who, who is Anthony Simons? Like I'm an NBA fan. I know a lot of these guys and I have no idea who he is. So I'm looking him up. He play. Oh, he is. Okay. So he's the backup for Lillard. So I was right there. So he comes in, he's a nice player, but I know him for his three point shooting. I don't know him for his dunking. So I don't understand what the NBA is doing here.
1: And, like I said, they're forcing it. They bar- people barely want the game, let alone. I mean, the slam dunk contest. I'm sure Zion Williamson made a really nice comment about it. He was like, you know, I thought long and hard. It's about my body. It's about he looked He saw the field, and he was like, this is this is it. No, I right. Uh, right. I'll come back maybe when you know. Um, Aaron Gordon comes back or some of these, like, you know, dunk contest staples come back. He's not going to dunk against these guys. What the hell is the point?
0: Yeah. And, and you know, it's one of those things because you're expected to win if you're Zion. But if you lose to Cassius Stanley, you look like a bitch. That's what I'm
1: saying. And they could have gone so many other directions. I don't know if guys would have done it. But, like, think outside the box. Do, like, an alumni thing. That'd be kind of cool. Like, bring Dwight Howard back. Bring, like, Andre Iguodala back. Bring some of these guys who used to be good yeah. at it come back.
0: Make a restriction. The player who participates in the slam dunk competition can't be under the age of, like, 33. And you have, yeah. like, Melo and Blake Griffin will come back. Like, or Jamal Crawford shows up and puts on a ridiculous show. Now um, that I watch. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I don't know what they're doing with that. All right, Brandon. Anything else with basketball before we get into some football segments?
1: No, I think we talked about the all-star game too much, honestly. With you,
0: All right, we had the biggest headline of the week, and that was J.J. Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals. He joins former teammate DeAndre Hopkins over there. Was this a good signing by the Cardinals, and were you surprised with J.J.'s
1: decision? Um, I was a little bit surprised with his decision. I don't know why, but I didn't picture him heading west um i joked with a couple of friends of mine you know what if la finds a way to get it done what kind of line would that be with donald and what but you knew it was never really going to happen um so i'm a little bit surprised i think it's a good move for arizona um what what worries me not worries me is that this team is so talented now mm-hmm. that next year there is no zero excuse to not yep. be a playoff team like they put their window squarely right now
0: yeah i'm, I'm with you on that um you know, the Cardinals were very inconsistent last year. Kyler showed growth, but then he also struggled at times. Um, their defense has got to pick it up. I think hopefully adding J.J. Watt will be good for the defense. You still have Chandler Jones, so that should be a good a good pass rush. I was surprised he didn't want to play with his brother. He didn't want to go to Pittsburgh. That would have been interesting to add him to that uh, Steelers defensive line. but. He must have put in a call to DeAndre Hopkins and there must have been some type of conversation where like, he's like, yo, come to Arizona. Like, It's awesome out here. Uh, and yeah, and, and also playing in Houston for most of his career, his entire career. Obviously, I'm assuming he likes the warm weather. It's pretty warm in Arizona. Eh, not yeah. really too warm in Pittsburgh.
1: <laughs> from what I've heard um, from a couple diehard Steelers fans uh, is really that that defense was so talented as it is um, that they... The organization was not worried, um, but they were hesitant to offer J.J. the kind of money that Arizona gave him, given that one, he'd be taking playing time away from a younger guy who's probably less injury prone, um, and they're kind of set without him, um, so they didn't want to annoy anybody who's there longer than he will be. He's just kind of a, he's just going to stop in. Like, I don't think he'll be at Arizona too long. I think he'll finish his career there, which is likely only this contract, maybe another one year at the end. Um, and Pittsburgh wasn't willing to take time away from the younger guys to do that.
0: I got you on that. All right, this next segment's a bit personal for me, Brandon, so I apologize if uh I apologize if this is more directed towards me than you, but feel free to comment. I call this segment You Can't Fool Me, Dave Gettleman. So, the Giants released Golden Tate earlier today. And I just want to rewind a few years ago when the Giants traded Odell Beckham and they signed or traded for uh, Golden Tate, I don't remember how they did it
1: You signed him, because we only had him for half a year
0: So we signed him, Gettleman said This guy's going to replace Odell Beckham, he's going to be great he's, he's a very good receiver And that was what, three years ago?
1: That was The year, that was
0: 2018 Okay, Tate has been such an Average receiver for the Giants He really did not help Daniel Jones Wasn't great with Eli Manning he, He's just been such a bust So I know a lot of Giants fans don't remember that Gettleman said something along those lines, but I am going to call him out. You can't fool me, Dave Gettleman. You are a terrible general manager. Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. The Giants franchise is still trending downward. Fuck you.
1: I just don't know what season um, Gettleman watched when he watched Golden Tate play and saw any resemblance of Odell Beckham. Um, aside from the one catch against New Orleans, I can still see it in the corner of the end zone. Outside of that, he was below average for us too.
0: He said it to make Giants fans feel better in that moment. And most Giants fans being as delusional as they are, took that information and said, Oh, Golden Tate. Okay. He's not that much worse than Odell Beckham. No, he was, he is, he did nothing for the Giants in, in his two or three years here. Fuck him and fuck Edelman moving on. Uh, this next segment I like to call smart or stupid. I'm going to read you a sentence and you and I are going to decide if it's smart or stupid. Are you ready? Yep. Juju Smith Schuster playing tug of war with a lion and taking body shots from a boxer.
1: Smart. His, his image has been so soft. He had to do some alpha shit like this to beef it up.
0: I'm going to say stupid because a, I don't see how it helps on the football side of things, playing tug of war with a lion. And B, I don't get why people think it's cool to take punches from another human being voluntarily. Me personally, I'm in the mindset of, I want to go through my entire life without getting punched anywhere
1: on my body. I mean, I'm not a sports scientist by any means. I've seen enough Rocky movies though And for whatever the reason, when they get punched in the the stomach area or abdomen area, they get more ripped. I I don't know if there's a science to this, but they get to be in better shape the more punches they take to that area.
0: You know what, Brandon? Ask Harry Houdini how alpha it is to get punched in the stomach. It killed him.
1: I mean, it's honestly a shame that that killed him. He did so many other, like, cooler ways to go out.
0: All right. Next sentence. The Jets are listening to trade offers for Sam Darnold. Smart or stupid?
1: Smart. I think the market's there for him right now. Uh, A lot of the great quarterbacks are already off the market. The good ones are gone. Um, So now we're looking at projects and he's the best project up in the market, I think.
0: Stupid. This is how you ruin a quarterback's confidence by saying that you're openly looking to trade him or hearing trade offers. Don't put this on Sam Darnold. Let him play without having to worry about his job. Stupid move by Joe Douglas and the dumb Jets. Do
1: you think he'll still even be there, though?
0: I think they're going to roll with him one more season, unless they make a move for Deshaun. That's the only way I I see him going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And actually, it sort of makes sense, because if you're in Houston in a rebuild, you would take a chance on a guy in Sam Darnold who actually sort of wants to be there, Uh, as opposed to Deshaun Watson, who doesn't want to be in Houston. Doesn't,
1: yeah.
0: All right. Smart or stupid, Tom Brady admitting he wasn't thinking when he threw the Lombardi trophy on the James
1: Corden late night show. I mean, stupid, but let's be honest. You knew. I knew. Everybody on the boats knew. Like, Tom was blackout drunk. Like, of course he didn't think about it. I wonder
0: if he said this because, and I also think it's stupid. Like, it just, you know, you're going to do that, own it. Don't don't retract. Don't say, oh, I wasn't thinking. I almost wonder if he said this because of the backlash from that woman who was the daughter of the person Actually, who created the trophy. Oh, uh, well, but I don't know. Like, I wonder if Brady heard that. He's like, maybe I got to like cool it with the like, you know, talking about this and, and being so for it. Maybe he went on the show and he's like, look, I wasn't thinking my eight year old daughter said like daddy, daddy, whatever. Like she was the only voice of reason probably should have listened to her.
1: Yeah, but that lady didn't make the trophy. She was like, oh, my family is trophy maker. Spec-fucking-tacular. Like, your trophy is one of the most famous trophies in the world. Am I supposed to feel bad? Please. Also, it didn't fall in the water. It, yeah. It was caught. Like, and you I'm sorry, but you're telling me that if that thing falls in the water, she is the most hurt person involved? Not the team that just lost their first trophy since, like, the late 90s? Stop making it about yourself.
0: Smart or stupid Zlatan Ibrahimović
1: basically telling LeBron to stick to sports. This hasn't gone well for anybody ever previously, so I'm not sure why. I mean, I know why he thought he was different. He looks at himself as like some kind of deity, but no, it's stupid. Yeah,
0: this is really dumb, Uh, especially for him to say this in this country at this moment.
1: You're not going to get away with that Zlatan. Look, there are people who shouldn't talk about things you don't understand. Dennis Rodman is one of them. Um, But it's not LeBron James. It's not not the guy who created the school and has probably impacted hundreds of thousands of lives himself. Like, come on. Pick your targets better. Agreed. All right. Smart or stupid? Shaquille O'Neal as a basketball analyst. So stupid it's smart. And that's his whole shtick. Let's be honest. We're not going to him for facts. Did you see the Candace Parker video? No, very funny. So like
0: Candace Parker is talking about how in this NBA, everyone essentially can shoot. So defenses need to switch because you don't want to leave a guy open for three. And Mm -hmm. Shaq tried to like refute that. Shaq was like, well, Candace, you know, when I played, I didn't, I didn't, you know, need to shoot threes. And she's like, Shaq, like, it's a lot different now. And like Dwayne Wade was backing Candace Parker. And then Shaq goes, didn't we win a title together, D-Wade? And, like, it was just the dumbest argument. Like, basically, that's Shaq's argument, right? If you disagree with Shaq on any basketball note, he just comes back at you and he's like, I I won
1: four championships. So, fuck you. Yeah. He (laughs) just comes back with, well, I'm Shaq. And I'm like, you are a great but flawed player. In today's
0: NBA, Shaq would not have the same dominance
1: that he did 15 years ago. I feel so confident saying that. Absolutely not. I will go as far to say as if Shaq suited up in this NBA, he's the White Whiteside. Whoa, whoa, whoa. wow. Okay.
0: All right. I mean, shit. I, the problem is there's not an elite player outside of your boy, Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. who
1: doesn't have a three point shot. You know, what? I, that might have been a little bit harsh. I could <laughs> look, and I'm not completely wrong, though. The skill set is very similar. Yes. Given how great Shaq is, I will give him Rudy Gobert. Okay. That's fair. That's a fair
0: point. I think Shaq's offensive game was much better than Gobert's, but I digress. And then this is the final smart or stupid, Brandon. I know you're going to really like this one. Texas and Mississippi, the two states, have lifted all mandatory
1: mask mandates
0: in each state.
1: Texas is trying, Texas is trying so hard to be Florida. Because Florida recently became, like, where all the dumb hicks go. And if you're listening from Texas, I'm not sorry. Stop trying to be Florida. Just be Texas. Um, We know you don't want to be here anyway. You know you'd rather secede. But, like, just stop doing dumb shit for the sake of doing dumb shit. Even people in your state are like, yeah, no. I mean, I know we don't have to, but I'm going to still wear the mask. I
0: won't go there, but I will quote one of the greatest and most educational shows of all time, SpongeBob SquarePants. Hey, Patrick, what am I? Stupid? No, I'm Texas. What's the difference? I've said it. They were wise
1: beyond their time.
0: All right, let's round out the podcast. We have a Did You Know? Brandon, did you know that Derek Carr is a top quarterback in the NFL?
1: I think it depends when you catch him.
0: (laughs) General Manager Mike Mayock gave quarterback Derek Carr, the subject of many offseason trade rumors, a ringing endorsement said that Derek Carr had his best year yet under John Gruden. I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and we couldn't be happier with him. I, I mean, you said, you said it's when you catch him. I don't think Derek Carr's ever been a top five quarterback in this league. I think at his best, he can maybe crack top ten.
1: I mean, I'm just reading back through here. I, don't think, I mean, he didn't say top five.
0: No, he didn't, but what do you think, a top quarterback? There's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, so I look at a top quarterback as a top five quarterback. If you're the 10th quarterback in the league, I don't consider that top.
1: I go top 10 usually. Really? I think
0: top five, you're
1: elite. Top quarterback is top
0: 10. Can you name 10 quarterbacks right now better than Derek Carr? I can.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm not, I'm not saying he is the 10th best quarterback in the league. I think what I'm saying is I don't disagree with the entire statement. I think he had one of his best years this year. In this offense, I think watching him play against Kansas City, if you didn't look at any of his previous works, you could see it. You're starting to sound like Texas right now, Brandon. Um, did you not watch that game? We Everybody walked away from that game saying, you know what? Maybe this team can hang. And they didn't. We were wrong. But if you just watched that one football game, you could have made a case. I'm
0: watching the Houston Rockets, Brooklyn Nets right now. John Wall is playing. Derek Carr is the John Wall of
1: the NFL. Is that safe to say? I think that's fair. I mean, if we had a, a couple of weeks ago, we would have been like, Dan, that's a compliment to David Carr. I mean, it's the NFL all, But John Wall is still David pretty David Carr? Hot. They are Derek Carr. David was his older brother. He was, he was a class act, David. I love him. Yeah, Former he, Giant.
0: Um, he had a, a career. It was, he, 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 he played, played in the NFL. Yeah, he um, did. All right, I'm with you. I, I get it. They're they're just trying to but it's funny that like they're saying this about carr, whereas the Jets are like, Hell yeah, we're shot like we're hearing trade offers from Darnold. Like it's just interesting how that dynamic is different in Las Vegas
1: than it is in New York. I'd argue the one in Las Vegas is smarter. Even if you're thinking about moving carr, at least let people know you think he's good. The Jets are like, Look, this guy blows. Like, can somebody please take him?
0: One other did you know. Did you know that Nikola Jokic and Wilt Chamberlain are the only centers with more than 50 career triple doubles?
1: Jokic, I can completely see. I'm actually a little bit surprised Wilt's on there. Not that, I mean, Wilt's a spectacular talent, but like you just the game was different back then. The big men weren't passing as often. It's a good point. That is a good
0: point. Um yeah, it's it's interesting. I think also the ball was just in Wilt Chamberlain's hands in on every single fucking possession. So yes. he wasn't scoring fifty; he was dishing out fifteen dimes. He's getting ten rebounds in the first quarter, like just ridiculous numbers. Um, so I I I, I can see that. I'm going on the bet a couple of his triple doubles, blocks. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. By the way, I I wanna before we end the podcast, I wanna check on T.J. McConnell's
1: steals and see if he got to ten. He easy got the 10. Either. What nine the, nine and half? the half?
0: All right, Brandon. End of the podcast. We're going to do our top five gotcha moments in sports. And what I mean by this is a moment where one player did something so insane that they embarrassed their opponent. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Your number five gotcha moment of all time.
1: My number five is the famous Kobe No Flinch. Um So he's getting the ball on the baseline for whatever the reason. I forget who this happened to, but they decided to test Kobe's mental fortitude. Bad idea. They did the thing like on the schoolyard, where you let the ball go for a second and then catch it, thinking Kobe was gonna duck, and he just locked eyes and didn't even move. It was at that moment you gotta fake an injury, you gotta throw your hand up, you gotta check out of the game. You're 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 done for the day.
0: Matt Barnes is one of those guys I would have never seen carving out a nice role for himself in the media industry after basketball, but he's really done a nice job. He's real. I enjoy listening to him. He's really good. Very well-spoken guy. That was a sick moment. Um, It just adds to Kobe's legend. The fact that a guy puts a ball in your face, you don't move,
1: and eventually didn't Barnes play with Kobe? Uh, yeah, I think they crossed paths for a couple. Once Barnes became a journeyman, they might've popped through there at one point.
0: I I know, I remember when our test or Metal World Peace was on the Rockets, there was like a very contentious playoff series. We're getting off topic here, but uh, between the Lakers and the Rockets where Metal World Peace did something to Kobe or Kobe got like around world peace's neck. And then world peace went up to him and was talking shit. And I was like, holy shit, these two guys hate each other. Then the next year meta (laughs) goes to the Lakers and they win a championship shot. So it's just interesting how that stuff works in sports. My number five gotcha moment is the Deandre Jordan dunk on Brandon Knight. Um, just an insane moment. The lob from Chris Paul, Jordan. I've never seen a player jump as high as he did that day. He ruined Brandon Knight and I don't think knight was ever the same after that
1: poster. No, he was ascending and his career just ended. He ended up on the pistons, he got bad. but yeah, that was a flashpoint. All right, what is your number 4? All right, my number 4 here. This one this one is different. It's not a um this is a soul crusher. This was the LBJ chase down block on Andre Iguodala in the finals. Iguodala even his advanced age is known as one of the more athletic, one of the better dunkers in the NBA. And he thought he had nobody back there. He went up right to the backboard and LeBron just snatched it right away from him. And you could just feel momentum turn in that exact moment. And that was one of the best gotcha moments in sports. I was rooting for the Warriors so hard in that series.
0: Me I was too. so mad when the Cavs won. But listen, that's that's the reason why I like Kyrie Irving. He hit the biggest shot of that series. Um, number four for me. Pretty recent, Tom Brady to Tyron Matthew after the touchdown to Antonio Brown in the Super Bowl. Matthew was talking so much shit early on in the game, leading up to the game. And what did Brady do? Brady went right at him on the one yard line. A.B. put on a move, caught the touchdown. Brady went up to Matthew after the play, talked shit to his face. That's just such a cool gotcha moment for Tom Brady.
1: Sorry, I'm partially distracted. The Sixers game is getting really tight, and then B just sent Gobert packing at the rim.
0: Ooh, okay. Uh,
1: My number three, uh, sticking with the um, the theme, is the AI crossover on none other than Michael Jordan. Um, It has been in the Sixers intro hype video since I've been going to the games. I can't imagine ever leaving because it's just the. Probably the best player of the modern Sixers against the best player in the six, in the history of the NBA. And just the fact that we won, like this little scrawny dude with the huge shorts just took Jordan. It, it's a beautiful moment. It's, it's one that I, I would put number one if I was taking like um, personal feelings into account, which I'm not. You know, This is, this is a factual podcast here. No, that's a good one, man. I mean,
0: you can you could have picked so many Allen Iverson moments. I'm glad you went with that one. I think that what you you
1: said the which which crossover did you say? This is crossover with Jordan at the top. Jordan, right, all right.
0: That's that's what I'm just confirming. Yeah, that was the best one. He gets him going right, the, uh, comes back
1: left. Jordan's falling across the three point line. Oh, yeah,
0: you could have picked the Daniels one. That would have been another one that, yeah. that I would have accepted. Um, no, that, that's a good one. I'm going to stick with with the Kobe narrative that you mentioned earlier for my number three. I'm going to go with the Kobe. Game-winning three-pointer on Reuben Patterson against the Trailblazers, a.k.a. the Kobe Stopper. Patterson labeled himself the Kobe Stopper in media, and then Kobe just was like, I'm going to ruin this dude. Hit the, one of the most ridiculous shots I've ever seen to end the Blazers. Uh, again, just like there's so many Kobe stories, but that's one of my favorites. Number three.
1: Yeah, Kobe, Kobe Michael Jordan, and LeBron, you can have a library of these type of moments just on those guys alone. Uh, My number two, we're going to switch it up a little bit, and this is a guy who isn't known for these moments. This is the Matt Stairs home run against the Dodgers to keep the Phillies alive on that uh, World Series run. Um, Obviously, Cole Hamels, Howard, Utley, um, Burrell, they all get a lot of the credit for being, you know, stars there in that series. But we're not there if a large man doesn't come off the bench, hit one dinger and walk back to the bench. Matt
0: Stairs, I did not see his name coming in this top five. Exactly,
1: and that's why it's in there.
0: All right, my number two, again, this guy's on my team now, so I got to show him some love. James Harden making Wesley Johnson fall off the dribble, staring at him on the ground, putting the ball on his waist, and then just drilling the three right after that. One of the most disrespectful plays I've ever seen on the basketball court. If James Harden misses that shot, That is a not top 10 moment forever, but he drilled it. And I mean, it was just like, I don't ever remember seeing Wes Johnson after that play.
1: He was another guy turned instantly into like a deep in the bench role guy. Yeah. My number one um, was Ray Allen in the corner with the call behind it, Ray out in the corner from Bosch. Bang. He went, I mean, that was just such a soul crushing moment. But God, it was awesome basketball. I mean, Bosch gets the rebound. Ray Allen's at the very end of his career. All he can do is shoot now. Takes that shuffle back in the corner, hits it. I couldn't choose the Kawhi one. It hurts me too personally. So I went with this corner three.
0: I always say that LeBron, Bosch, Wade, they all owe Allen so much for allowing them to stay in that series and essentially winning the series for
1: them. Yeah, he, he kind of showed everybody. Well, he and Mike Miller that kind of proved that LeBron needs shooters to get to get by. I mean, he can't do it alone. And since then, every other team has been built around three-point shooters.
0: So I, I had a number one. I want to change it because I think my number one is just so it's the Vince Carter dunk over the French guy in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But I don't even remember that. So I'm going to go with a moment. because That was like in 2000. I was seven years old. I'm going to go with a moment I remember. And that is the Steph Curry Double behind-the-back dribble on Chris Paul on the baseline made Chris Paul fall and hit the shot. And I'm picking that as my number one because I've never really liked Chris Paul. I respect his game. I think he's a top-five point guard in the last 20 years. Uh, he, He comes on a team. He makes everybody better. I just don't like the guy. I just think he's kind of a jerk. He seems nasty. The way that he worked with Harden, it just seemed like he was kind of a dick. And when Curry just put him on that friggin' On the ground, on a double behind-the-back dribble, I had personally never seen that move before. On the baseline, on that angle, hits the mid-range shot. I happen to be a huge Steph guy. That is my number one gotcha moment of all time.
1: Yeah, people forget how good Stephen Curry is at basketball. Because we're not watching 80 Warriors games a year on national television. He's still that same dude. I'll tell you this, whenever they're on, I'm watching. Yeah, because he's a one-man team in the best conference in basketball, and they're in the playoff picture right now. And it's not because of Kelly Uber; That's for goddamn sure.
0: The Pacers beat the Cavs tonight, 114-111. The
1: final steal number for T.J. McConnell was 10 steals. 10 steals? Okay, you know what he did? He hit double double digits. (laughs) Right now we're in a sweaty minute-and-a-half end to overtime with the Sixers up three against Utah.
0: And the Nets are up 101-85 at the end of three against Houston. Like I said, they were going to blow Houston
1: out. Embiid, be the best player in the National Basketball Association, has 39 and the three that sent him to OT.
0: He is the MVP right now, but we have a whole other stretch of basketball after the All-Star break, so we'll see if he's the MVP
1: after the All-Star break. I think he would have to slow down in order for Harden to eclipse him.
0: All right, Brandon. And there you have it. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of The Last Resort. Like I said, big news coming next week and we will announce hopefully the podcast network that we have joined. Brandon, any chance you want a vacation with me to Texas or Mississippi in the near future?
1: Um, I'd rather go to Florida.
0: There you go. Take it easy, everybody.